What's going on, everybody? We're back with the Real Bodybuilding Podcast. I have a special guest for episode 72, Mr. Chris Bumstead. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to finally be making on this podcast. I, I feel know. like I've, I was dipping and dying you for a little too long. Dude. I had, a, I had a lot of people requesting me to be on here, too, and I was just, I'm very flaky sometimes, so that's yeah. my bad. Um, you gotta you gotta pass for some reason a lot of people fucking dodge me and i'm like fuck that guy and then uh you just gotta pass i don't know why uh, but um appreciate it no uh no i know you're busy i know obviously you're mr olympia you got a lot of engagements and you got a lot of appearances and you got a lot of shit going on you got your youtube channel and your own podcast so i know how it is but i appreciate you making the time to come on man no for sure i think the first few times you were asking me to get on was in the middle of a prep when I was like stressed and I was worried yeah. about like some health shit. And I was like, if they ask me, I can't answer it right now. So yeah. everyone asked me interviews or anything. I was just like, uh, I'm busy. Cause I was like scared to be asked yeah. questions. I didn't want to answer, but yeah, it's all good. Yeah. I, um, I actually appreciated your answer because you didn't beat around the bush. You were just like, I'm not really into doing long interviews. Cause I know like this is like an hour long and I'm like, okay, well he doesn't want to talk for now. I mean, it makes sense. So yeah <laughs> like, well, at, least, at least he's fucking honest anyway um so we got a lot going on i'm doing the olympia series so i wanted you to come on i thought we'd start with the obvious stuff which is the olympia is coming up in six or seven weeks so how are you feeling about that i feel good this year i've had a few years of difficult preps as everyone is used to when you compete for long enough mm-hmm. and this year is just not so much that it's easier. I have a little bit less like bullshit kind of coming in from exterior problems and shit. So it seems easier to focus on what I need. And after like the confidence boost of winning last year and under believing in myself, like now like fuck okay, I knew I could win, but I didn't know when exactly. Now yeah. knowing it's all possible, it's all in front of me, and all I have to do is be better than me last year to do it again. Yeah. It's just it's a little more exciting. I'm a little like more excited, a little more at ease this year, just having a little more fun with it than I did the last few years. How hard was it? Did you have a challenge overcoming, like, because you're, what, 24, 25? 25. So you're 25, so you won at 24. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at 24, did you have a struggle overcoming the mental hurdle of, like, I'm going to be Mr. Olympia? Or did it seem like you deserve to be there and you should have been there and you knew you you could win and all that? Or was it, like, a jump for you to know that you could beat Breon? I think that's exactly what 2018 prepared me for because 2017 I came hot out of nowhere and I had no fucking idea what was going on. Yeah. That's Olympia. Didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. When I came second, I was like, holy shit. And at that point people were already like, Oh, he's going to win next year. He's going to win next year. And that's when I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to like be the champ. I would have probably cracked if I had one, I would have like fallen off or something. And in 2018 I had my illness and health issues that kind of came up and I remember coming second place and my sister asking me at one point, she's like, do you think if you won, you would have been ready to like yeah. take on that pressure? Yeah. And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> I was like, yeah. honestly a little relieved I didn't win that year. And I was grateful for getting through and doing how I did. And I was like, I was not ready that year. And in 2019 rolled around. And I think that feeling of not being ready and coming back stronger the next year really yeah. mentally prepared me to kind of handle it in a much more mature and proficient way. Yeah. So, I think sometimes that kind of stuff happens. I mean, I don't know if you're religious or not. I'm not very religious, but I do believe in just weird things sometimes happen for a reason. Yeah. Like, and this is on a much lower scale, obviously, because you're talking about Mr. Olympia. But when I went to get my, I tried to get my pro card the first time I won the heavyweight class, but they gave the second pro card 
to the second place super heavyweight. I'm like, how could you do that? That guy wasn't even in the overall lineup. Like, how, yeah. does, that, how does that fucking happen, right? So I was pissed. But I realized I got my pro card two years later, and I realized if I had won in 2004 and got my pro card, I wasn't like I wouldn't have been ready. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how sometimes like you're held back, but it's like for a good reason, even though you yeah. didn't, you don't, nobody wants to lose. But like when you look back in hindsight, it was probably a good thing for you. Exactly. I'm not religious either, but I'm becoming a little more spiritual. I guess you could call it. <laughs> yeah. And like, like my one of my favorite things is life doesn't happen to you; it happens for you. Everything is for a reason, and it's working for yeah. you, not against you. You have to see it though for that to be for that to be true, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes things happen for people, but they don't see them happening. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to, does that make sense to what I'm saying? Cause like a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause sometimes like something can happen to you and you don't recognize it and you don't reach for it and you kind of miss an opportunity. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, anything good in life is perception. Yeah. And if you have like a victim mentality, then yeah, anything that happens to you, you're just going to be like, "Whoa, with me, life is hard. This sucks. Yeah. Instead of seeing how it could be helping you in the long run. I know we're going off track here, but one of the things I want to ask you, and we'll get back to the Olympia stuff. Cause I know, Maybe that's what people care about. I don't know if they do, but um, one of the things one of the things I want to ask you is: shit seems really easy for you. Is that is that just a perception that you put out, or is that I don't want to say it's easy for you? Obviously, nothing's easy for you, but like things seem to come to you in stride. And I don't know if it's like is that the way your perception is online? Like that's what you put out, or is that kind of how things seem to be? Like I remember I talked to a guy. This I can't remember his name. I think his name was. I can't remember his name. He's a strong man. And he came to Windsor for some meet. And he's like, have you heard of Chris Bumstead? And I don't even think you were, I don't even, I think you were just still bodybuilding at the time. And I said, no, he's like, this kid's a freak, blah, blah, blah. He's like, the first time he picked up a, the first time he did a, a deadlift was like last year and he deadlifted 405 and he said it was easy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, Who the fuck? that's the first time I'd heard of you. So I'm like, so it just kind of goes back to my question is, is shit just easy for you? I mean, in that specific example, <laughs> I was deadlifting since I was like 12 in high school in my gym. Oh, like, so it wasn't your first time. Fuck no. I was oh. training like a power, power lifter when I was in high school at lunchtime and shit, trying oh, okay. to deadlift, squat, bench. That's all I gave yeah. a shit about really yeah. back then. So that not so much. But obviously, I'm, I will never deny that I'm extremely genetically gifted and a lot of that stuff came to me. Yeah. yeah. But like in terms of like overall, I'm a huge believer in that like the more you like fight things – and stressed about things and kind of like swim against the river essentially like in a metaphor metaphorical way then everything gets harder but the more you yeah. can kind of just like be at ease go with the flow and like be kind and be fucking don't get your hot head about you i've kept a similar family around me so my mindset hasn't changed since a young kid i have like my sister and my ian will put me in place and they keep me humble i don't surround myself with more instagram influencers and like change yeah like I don't, I haven't changed my vision of what I want and how I want to get there. It hasn't changed over time, mm-hmm. and it's allowed me to kind of keep gradually climbing up. Obviously, I've faced my own trials and tribulations, like throughout a few of my preps, being in the hospital in a prep. I have an autoimmune disease that can pretty much affect me every single prep. It puts more stress on my body, more inflammation, more water retention, and I have to kind of fight that. But I really like, like I kind of said earlier, really try and do don't have a victim mentality of any of it. Yeah. I'm not like, oh, fuck, like if I didn't have this, I could be so much better. It's more like 
this is making me stronger. It's making my mind stronger. It's forming me to be a better person, to kind of like look at things a little smarter. It's made me a lot healthier and health conscious of how I eat as opposed to just like fucking stuffing in five guys. Like I know a lot of young bodybuilders do. So it's yeah. kind of that health thing specifically, at least kind of forced my mind into focusing more on health and being a little more specific and intense into my like overall training and everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of a long winded answer, but it's all just how I try and like view everything in my life is like, it's all kind of going with the flow. No one has an easy life. And if you can just roll with it and be adaptive to anything that comes, be grateful for what you do have. I think life kind of has a way of handing you good things. Hmm. One of the things you said was um, you try and swim with the stream. And I remember, you remember the book, the secret? I never read it, but I've heard of it. Okay. So there's a book, the secret, basically it talks about visualization and how you have to visualize what you want. And if you visualize it hard enough that it'll just show appear in your life, which is obviously bullshit because well, it's only, it's only half true because there's a whole work aspect that goes with yeah. that, right? But anyway, one of the guys that was promoting the book was talking about swimming against the stream in your life and how a lot of people feel like they're swimming and how you shouldn't and you should be swimming with the stream and this book will help you align that. And it just, it, I thought of it when you said that because in my life, in prepping for shows and in bodybuilding in general, there's been a lot of times where I was like, should I really be doing this? Like, this doesn't feel like I'm going with the flow. It feels like I'm forcing something that doesn't, that shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. But then I wondered to myself, well, maybe it's just hard right now. And that's why I feel that way. And I keep going. But like, how do you, the question is, how do you know, how do you think someone knows when they're not, when they're swimming against the stream? Like, do you, is there something that tells you like, this is the way I should be going? I think it's not so much about the ease of swimming with the stream, but just like the belief that you're going in the right direction. Well, let me, let me stop you, interrupt you for one second. When you have an autoimmune disease or disorder, is it disease or disorder? Disease. Same thing. Disease. Okay. And you're in the hospital. Don't you think to yourself, I'm swimming against the stream? But then you win the Olympia and you're like, I'm swimming with the stream. So like, which, which one, which one dictates your, you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's gotta be those, those thoughts in people's head that give them a direction that yes, I'm going the right way. I, I think that's what I mean though, is it's, I don't think it's so much like the plan set out for you, but so much yeah. that you can decide it yourself in the sense that when I was in there, I still believed in my core and loved bodybuilding that this is what I wanted to do and this is what I was meant to do and like I still wanted to do it obviously I had had a lot of fears from that I've had some doubts that maybe I shouldn't be doing this I'm putting too much of my health at risk and everything like that but through it all even in that prep when I was four weeks out sitting in the hospital I was like I need to fucking just like get out of here get back in the gym and just like do this because this I know in my core this is what I want to do and I didn't kind of waver on that goal and it just felt like it was the right thing to do. And once I got through it and I like strengthened my mind through it. And at the end of that process, that was one of the happiest, most grateful moments I've ever had in my entire life was coming second at the Olympia that year, because yeah. it was just like, it was just felt like, fuck, you did it. Like be proud that you just got through all that bullshit. And this is where you should be. Yeah. And it's just, that really kind of reaffirmed that like, fuck it. Like you can get through anything. Just keep going in this direction. This is what you want. Yeah. How do you think, one of the things that I think a lot of people suffer from is that victim mentality. What do you think 
why do you think what happened in your life that enables you to like not have that and just actually be the opposite like is it is it strong family ties is it something else like what is it that people can do because i know a lot of guys are like like i've been there where i would like tore something and i'm like oh why does this happen to me it only happens to me meanwhile it happens to everybody right and you just kind of got to push through it but like what do you think it is that keeps you driven never to like succumb to that attitude i don't i guess they're there's maybe a, a deep, maybe, a, maybe a deeper podcast than you thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always ready for a deep podcast. I'm always ready for it. It could be a lot. I'm sure a lot of it is family ties and stuff like that. Like I know, and I will not hide that I was raised by an absolutely amazing family. Yeah. My parents were extremely supportive. They were hardworking individuals. They taught us a lot of good morals and lessons my entire life. Yeah. And I think maybe not being surrounded by anything like that. Like my dad, I've never really heard him complain. Yeah. He's the kind of guy who will like work all day. And then my mom's working even longer than him. So he's the one taking care of us and doing all this. I'll get up at 5 a.m. to miss traffic to get to work. And he's just yeah. smiling and happy to spend 10 minutes with his kids at the end of the day. It's like just happy, grateful yeah. all the yeah. time. So I think definitely being around that helped me a lot. And then I guess just like seeing it going in myself going forward that like, that gratitude that was instilled with me, like I have so much going on in my life right now. Like, yeah. so last year, again, in 19, when I was three weeks out and I tore my hamstring, mm-hmm. I was just like, I can, can I still fucking train? I can still train. Like who yeah. fucking cares? Like all this other amazing things. I'm 24 years old competing at the Olympia. Am I going to complain about my hurt hamstring or am I still going to enjoy where I am right now and just like get through this and be happy. I can at least still train some quads and get through it. And it happened at the end of my prep. So like, you're not really putting on muscle in your hamstrings at that point. Anyways. Yeah. 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 And it's just, I, it's just kind of perspective, I guess. And I definitely think I had a bit of an easier route about it. Having a very good upbringing. Yeah. I know a lot of people who, when they aren't instilled those values when they're young, they kind of have to learn them the hard way. Usually kind of hit rock bottom and find them out like that. So I'm just grateful that I had the support I did growing up and I'd like to take advantage of it the best I can. Yeah. When you made this switch from, I know you were, so for those, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows by now, but for those who don't know, Chris was a bodybuilder uh, before he was a classic guy. And you, what was the best placing? You were at Canadian Nationals fourth, I think in bodybuilding. What was the best placing you got in bodybuilding? I got second. Oh, you got second? Second in heavyweight against Khalid Chikuli. Who's that? I don't even know who that is. He he switched to classic too. Just goes to show you how much that matters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, so anyway, so you took second bodybuilding and then you, so how hard was the switch or was it not hard at all? Cause you're like, I'm kind of already there. It wasn't hard at all. It was perfect. But I mean, but sorry to interrupt. I don't mean physically. I mean more mentally. Like mentally, were you like, I love that shit, but uh, my body's made for this thing over here. No, I loved classic immediately. Yeah. I was honestly, when I was chasing my pro card, I'm always one person who looks at the next goal and not really after that. And I really looked at my pro card almost as an end point. Yeah. Like I saw, I, my Ian was my coach. He got me in the body. He was always there. I saw how big he was. I saw what it took and I didn't really, and I was in school. still. I thought I was going to be getting my degree and getting a normal job. That was my goal in life. And I thought bodybuilding was just this like fun outlet. I had to put a lot of effort into, but I never wanted to be like 300 pounds. Like I didn't have that drive. I had no idea. And I knew at six one, 
I'd have to be over 300 pounds yeah. probably. I would to be competitive in this league right now. Yeah. So 2016 was actually the year Classic Physique came out, the same year I got my pro card. And the second it came out, I was still competing in bodybuilding, and I was like, that's for me. I want that. I like that look better. That yeah. looks more fun. I like the posing. I want that. But my journey started in bodybuilding. I want to get my pro card in this. So yeah. I did that and then immediately switched to Classic and was just I. I had no idea that entire story. I didn't know you were like going to just retire after you got your pro card, your pro card. I was in university waiting to get a real job. So there would have there, there been no, there would have been no Chris Bumstead. Nothing, I, I no. Can't, can't imagine. Um, what, what was your, what'd you go to school for? What was your degree in? Or were you trying to get your degree in? I was in uh, health sciences. Did you finish um, or no? I didn't know. So you're like, fuck this. I'm Mr. Olympia. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah in, it took until 2017 when i got second at the olympia that first time yeah i was like i could do this i think i could do this <laughs> yeah. i think i can make something of this and then yeah. my mom was like you can still do school i'm like maybe i can go back, back to it but like right now i gotta put everything into this yeah you're not going back no. <laughs> no. sometimes it's just still tell my mom that just so she's happy but i don't think so yeah. So, okay. So you get your pro card, they come out with the classic thing and you're like, this is amazing. Danny Hester won the first time, correct? Yep. And then Brian won the second one. And that was, that was that the year that you took second? Yep. The first year he won. Yeah. What's it like? Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what that feels like. Right. Like most open pro pro bodybuilders don't know what that feels like because short of like Flex Wheeler and Phil Heath, there's not very many people that come out the gate and end up in the top five or top three at the Olympia. So one year you're like second in a bodybuilding class. Two years later, three years later, you're second at the Olympia. <laughs> like it's a far fucking jump, you know, like it's a big jump. So I'm like, how does that, what does that do to your mentality? Did you get, did you, did you get arrogant? Did you get overwhelmed? Was it too much pressure? Like, did you handle everything? Okay. Like how was that? drastic change i think i handled it well because i didn't really realize what was going on to be honest mm. it was like when it happened i was just like oh wow i did this like maybe i should put more effort into it and like <laughs> fucking i was putting everything i had into it but i meant like yeah. put my whole life into it the whole yeah. like aspect yeah. of like trying to get a sponsor and traveling and making a life out of that side of it yeah. and then it was just it was oh, that moment, that year of 2017 was just strange. Like I said, all I was expecting was to try and get my degree, get a job, and all of a sudden that whole mentality switched. And all of a sudden then that's when I started looking at like the next goal was just miss winning the Olympia. I was always one step at a time. I would always get my pro card, win a pro show, get to the Olympia. When I first did Olympia, I was like, if you can come like top five and be one to your team, that'd be sick. And then came second, I was like, holy shit. Okay, next goal is to win. Yeah. And yeah. I think... Like I, I said, I've always surrounded myself with good people and I'm surrounded by my high school friends still and everything. And I remember coming second to Olympia, I still lived in with five guys in like a frat type house in university. Yeah. Yeah. I went back home, they're like, oh, you came second, that's sick, man. Like, you want a booze tonight? <laughs> like, they didn't know what the fuck it meant. Yeah, yeah, no one yeah. at my school knew I was a bodybuilder or anything. Yeah. They were just like, this guy's fucking huge. Are you only in second year? And then it was like, that was pretty much all it was. Yeah. And they no one gave a fuck about me. They didn't look at me twice. It was like I wasn't Chris Bumstead, the bodybuilder. I was just the big dude at the school yeah. that went to them. Yeah. He spent too much time in the gym, you know? But so I, I like think that, that that's what kind of kept my probably helped me keep my head down is I didn't have people, I didn't surround myself with other people who were like, 
oh my god this that all this shit it was yeah. my family my old friends that i had had who aren't into bodybuilding at all and it's just fucking i'm just doing my thing well i notice online you got, you're very self-deprecating like you don't take yourself too seriously i see your friends shitting on you all the time oh yeah i just see i just see little comments here and there and i'm like i find it very cool because like my friends are into bodybuilding they're not they're, they're not you know they're definitely into bodybuilding but they, they just take whatever chance they can to tell me i'm shit so it's like i don't i feel like that kind of thing keeps you grounded yeah and you don't get a swelled head but i mean in your position i think it's definitely warranted i mean it's it's needed because i can't imagine how easy it would be for a 21 22 year old to go from nice guy to complete asshole unless you had some people to keep them held down for sure yeah you know and what i mean i def- my sister and my brother-in-law are definitely good at that they're the most supportive people in my life but they're yeah. also the number one people who will be there to yeah, chirp yeah. me and fucking make fun of me for whatever and yeah. i've built like a mini community of making fun of myself on my <laughs> in my comment section <laughs> shit anytime i like slur a word and have my list people are writing every s with a th instead and yeah. all the comments like could all I, that all that shit but it's hilarious I, I gotta have fun with it i gotta tell you man my favorite piece of marketing i've ever seen oh is the thavage shirt is yeah. honestly that's the fucking it's genius when i saw that shit i was like you just own it you just owned it you're like you know what fuck you guys here you go yeah blew up that thing blew up people fucking love that and People still always like posting shit. They have a heavy deadlift set. They're like, hashtag Savage deadlift. Like, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Uh, okay, where does that come from? That's it. These things are, okay, somebody can sit here and say, I'm envious of Chris because he's Mr. Olympia, right? But if you look deeper, it's not, all that shit's cool. I mean, it's amazing. But the envious part is how you carry yourself. It, uh, we're, the, the non-victim mentality is envious. Obviously, a lot of people, uh, like I think, I can't try and carry myself that way, but a lot of people need that type of mentality to keep going because a lot of people give up on shit too easily. Um, but the owning your faults and the self-deprecating behavior and not taking life too seriously and being able to laugh at yourself, that's an envious trait that I wish, I, like I haven't mastered that. So where does that come from? Is that just a, is that just an uber confidence that you have? So you're like, I don't give a shit because a lot of people, if they were that good at, you know, you're Mr. Olympia and you're that good at all the shit you're doing, but they have a list, it might hold them back. And you're like, I'm going to put a shirt just to say, fuck you guys. (laughs) Like, like how does that, how does that happen? That's you're yeah. You're really making me figure out why my character (laughs) is what it is today. But that's, I think part of that comes from, like, I naturally have a lot of, like, empathy for people. And when I see, I can, like, see stuff that kind of, like, hurts them and, like, makes them feel insecure and shit. And I'm always like, why? Like, who cares? Like, that doesn't, that's not who you are. That doesn't define who you are. And, like, I want to, like, and I almost, like, feel that for them. And I've, I was, I had, like, a fair amount of insecurities and shit when I was younger. Nothing crazy. But, like... I grew up to realize none of it really fucking mattered. So like kind of get over, I still, I obviously still do. I'm far from perfect, Mm -hmm. but I've also like, again, I was raised really well not to judge anyone for anything. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like I, I just, I don't, I don't know how it came about. I just kind of understood that if I can laugh at myself, then no one's going to laugh at me. They're going to laugh with me. Yeah. It's funny because when you're saying that basically, and I've talked about this before on the podcast in relation to anxiety, because I've dealt with a lot of anxiety in my life, mostly social anxiety, but 
Um, it's what I always say is you have to learn to get comfortable in your own skin. And once yeah. you, once you kind of accept who you are, then all of those other things are okay. Right. But people don't generally do that at 23 or 24 years old or 25 years old. So like you said, you had a lot of insecurities. You're in your younger. How did you first, let's go to that. What, like what insecurities did you have? Like, was it the list or was it other stuff? The list for sure. I had like uh, extreme, like anxiety, like being performing in front of people or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like giving like speeches and shit. Yeah. Like I would like call in sick and like fucking sweat <laughs> through my crazy. shirt. And, and when I get nervous, my, I feel like my tongue swelling in my mouth. Uh, it's, just my, <laughs> it's just my list getting worse. I'm like, there, yeah. I'm the, and I can't talk. And then that makes it just spiral, you know, shit like that. <laughs> I'd be the kid who would like break his pencil and I'd be too anxious to walk to the front of the class and, yeah. sharpen it in front of the class because then everyone's yeah. gonna look at you yeah it was just like kind of stupid shit like that and i wasn't like and i hit it well i was like a pretty popular kid in high school and just like had a lot of friends but i just always felt like a little like sometimes like i liked i still like like going out in like hoodies and baggy shirts because i don't like feeling like i'm in tight clothes and looking uncomfortable or something yeah just like yeah. little things like that and I didn't really have anything concrete that just kind of like pushed that away. I still have the odd days where I kind of like feel that kind of shit, but it was more like just putting myself out there and getting comfortable with the shit that made me uncomfortable. I kind of got thrown into a lot of like video marketing shit, talking in front of some crowds and doing some shit. And it was just, stressful and i thought it was shit as fuck for the first few years i still don't think i'm that good at talking yeah i was always such a quiet kid i didn't like to talk a lot but the more i just kind of got thrown into it and did it and every time i felt like i fucked up and people were like bro that was really good man like and kind of supported me i was like okay i guess this isn't that bad and like i'm getting better every time i do it i'm a little less anxious a little less nervous so like Mm -hmm. just getting thrown into that world definitely helped me a lot and most people don't really have that opportunity. Just like, oh, you're 21. All right, let's put you on this plane and you go need to do this video marketing and talk to these people and that kind of shit. But it just it forced me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, you're 100% right. That's actually it. Because the, the, key, to, the key to anxiety, and, and I, from what I've read anyway, has always been do the thing that makes you uncomfortable. Like do the thing that's making you have anxiety. Yeah. So like for me, for example, like my social anxiety was horrible. But when I started when I started, when I turned pro, they would muscle tech would make me go to expos and stand there and shake hands with a thousand people for, so the first, for the first 10, 15 people, I'm sweating and I'm quiet. But after like the 15 people go by, you're like, okay. And then by the time you're done the day, you're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. And after, so you, you make a good point, which is obviously you just had to do that. But I think that's the problem with most like quote unquote normal people is they don't have to do that shit exactly they can just keep hiding yeah like they can go to their nine to five cubicle or factory or wherever they work and not have to face the challenge yeah whereas for you it's like either you face it or you don't bodybuild yeah and that's exactly why i feel like a lot of this quarantine fucks so many people up like mm-hmm. i know myself after like i started going to the grocery store at 10 p.m i drive 40 <laughs> minutes to the one far away so there was nobody there and now the other day i was like fuck i've been to costco in six months i'm spending so much money on me just go i drive to costco the line out the door i'm like nope and i went back home <laughs> and i was like what the fuck like what's going on and it's just that like once we were all stuck inside for quarantine and not seeing having so much more less social interaction so yeah unaccustomed to it it started to kind of build that up a little bit which is 
and I'm and I don't have a crazy amount of anxiety, so I can't imagine the people who really suffer from it how difficult this quarantine could have yeah. been for some people. I'm I'm shocked that you said that because I've that's actually I actually talked about that on one of our podcasts with Ian and, and Ian and Ben I think or Ian and James, and we were talking about my anxiety and how I used to go line up at the grocery store, and if somebody lined up behind me, I would leave the line. <laughs> and I would like walk around the store and like come back to a different line where like no one was behind but something about somebody being behind me it fucked me up the worst <laughs> so, I always felt like I was like a, like a, their eyes were staring like a hole in the back of my head so let me, let me ask you this too when you did your first couple expos and shit and like everyone starts at one point no one knows who the fuck you are yeah when you're when you were you ever told to stand at a line and just like no one knew who you were so you, then you just felt like you're just fucking yeah. twiddling your thumbs standing yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm very real with who I am and who I was as a bodybuilder. Like, yeah, I was never a top tier guy. So I would go even when I was with SciTech and I was with uh, you know, like they signed Cedric and they signed Sean, uh, Roden. And even at that time, you know, I had fans and I had a fan base, but not like those guys. Yeah. So I would be standing there and like Cedric's line would be like a hundred people deep. And I had like two people in my life. <laughs> like, so it does. I don't know, man. I think by that time though, I was like 33 or 34. I had kind of already, I kind of already had a grasp of like yeah. who I was as a person, but in my younger years, that would have fucking, that would have tormented me. It would have <laughs> been, it would have been like, I don't know, crushing to my ego or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, anyway, so going back to now, we'll go all the way back to the Olympia you are getting ready. I wanted to talk to you about your, um, your autoimmune disease. What exactly is it and how, I mean, I don't, if you can, if you can talk about it, what exactly is it and how, how does it flare up and are you at any risk at any time of it flaring up? So it's pretty much just an autoimmune disease, something I was born with that kind of lays dormant. And it affects my kidneys personally. Yeah. I've had another flare-up when I was like younger, like 19 or something, and it kind of affected my whole vascular system. Yeah. But that was apparently like a fluke incident. Yeah. And then so it affects my kidneys more often, and it's usually brought on from physical, mental, extreme stress, yeah. or potentially at random. So like it's kind of felt like at random sometimes, but if it always will get worse or potentially or flare up during prep obviously it's yeah. a lot of mental stress plus people don't really realize like the cardio plus the weights less days off less food in your body that's all yeah. stress on your body it's all raising your cortisol it's all difficult plus if you're not sleeping great and you're everything's yeah. running through your mind all that shit obviously is the number is bad it's high stress and that's yeah. the kind of shit that can bring on autoimmune and it's just so essentially it's been kind of managing physical and mental stress for me to keep it at bay yeah i've been and inflammation is also another big thing okay. so my diet had to be cleaned up a lot to avoid any foods i couldn't process it nothing anything that bloated me got cut out none of that shit i got to make sure i sleep i take more rest days i used to take 0.5 days off a week now <laughs> i take two and ian's like with ian with adamant this year he's like okay here's your split where it's going to be an eight day split three days on one day off repeat kind of spread yeah. things out and yeah. give yourself the breast it needs. Yeah. We started prep a little earlier and I was a little leaner this year. We want to push, not push as hard. So mm -hmm. last year I was like, we were, didn't know really what was going on and I was holding on some water. So he's like, okay, we need to cut like all your calories. You're not losing any weight. Let's yeah. put less stress on your system and see how that goes. And that 
drastic caloric change, I think, caused a little more stress. Yeah. And then luckily, once my body kind of adapted to it, it calmed back down a bit last year. This yeah. year, we're just taking a much slower approach. And mentally, this, is, I think, is the biggest game changer for me. Last year was a prep I went through in fear, a lot of fear. Yeah. I was kind of waiting. I was waiting to get sick. Yeah, I can yeah. say that. I was like telling myself, well, like, fuck, like, I'm going to get sick eventually in this prep. Like, it's whenever it comes, like, fuck. Almost trying to prepare myself, but also just living in fear. Yeah. And that's what made me really not enjoy that prep at all. Yeah. And I've said this before a few times, and it was a feeling I didn't, wasn't really happy to admit. But when I won the Olympia with a lot of relief, I was like, yeah. fuck. I was like, it's over. Like, I did it, you know? Yeah. It was yeah. almost like that almost overcame the happiness of winning a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I was like, that, that can't be. And I was a little like in my own head and not the happiest for like a bit after the Olympia. I just kind of felt lost and confused and didn't know why. And now I've come to realize it was because I was suppressing so much emotion. Mm-hmm. Obviously suppressing emotion doesn't get rid of it. It just fucking makes it implode eventually and just yeah. made me feel like not right in my skin. So with that being said, I've tried to like mentally attack this a lot different. And instead of the moments when I'm like scared or feeling like it's going to come on, instead of being like, you can't feel that it's going to make it worse. I'm trying to like feel it. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking scary. Like you got through it last year though. Like feel this fear, understand that it's going to subside and just like have a moment. If you need to cry, take it fucking just feel this moment. But like overall, if you let this control your mind, it is going to control your body kind of thing. Yeah. That's been like kind of a mental battle that I've had to just go through in my own head and understanding that it's in my control to choose Mm -hmm. to be healthy essentially. And if I can make that choice and that belief in myself, then I, I just kind of have to believe that that's the way it's going to work. And that's kind of got to keep my stress at bay and kind of handle it. You don't feel, it's almost like you don't feel any need to be the big, strong Mr. Olympia guy. You're not scared to show your like emotions at all in any way, shape or form. It seems like, because I've seen you cry online like a whole bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. And that's, that's something that I think I do have to attribute to my father is he, to me, is like the most manly man ever. Yeah. But he's not tough. He doesn't yeah. act. He doesn't, sorry, he doesn't act tough. He's tough yeah. as fuck, but he yeah. doesn't act it. Yeah. He is just fucking real. Like as fuck. Okay. He, he's, he's never the kind of guy who will be like trying to fucking be, he doesn't get angry. He doesn't need to show strength or anything like that. He's just confident in himself and real with himself and to me that's like i grew up with that to me that's what like a man is so i didn't have any like i didn't grow up around the wrong kind of stereotypes i guess yeah yeah i grew up in like this the the perfect stereotype of what a man is (laughs) 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 but it's like it's weird where i feel like we live in a time where it's wrong to be like manly like for lack of a better word, like whatever the stereotype of manly is, it's wrong, right? It's like uh, toxic masculinity. It's like horrible, right? I don't feel like it's bad. But when you say, I don't feel the need to get angry and yell and stuff like that, that's an envious position to be in because I feel like men get angry and yell and all that shit. And I feel like you kind of have, it's like you figured out that it's okay to cry. And for some reason, people let you, nobody like, do, do people shit on you for that? No. Like I if mean, I it, like if I cried actual, if I but... if I cried right now it'd be like nobody would watch the podcast anymore. It'd look that guy. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> but see that that's the mindset though that fucks with people. That's not true. 
I bet you anything, if you cried and you owned it and you're like, fuck, it's just a bad day, I'm feeling it. Yeah. People will be like, fuck, I have those bad days too. Actually, like, yeah. if someone as badass as fucking Fulad, who's known as being a fucking badass, he can cry, then it's okay for anyone to. I guess you're right. Because when I had to pull out of the Chicago show, I got a little weepy at the end of my post. And uh, people actually kind of sympathized with it. Yeah, that's showing strength. It is. It's, it's strength to own your emotion. You're, if Hiding stuff is weakness, in my opinion. So if you feel something and it's real and you feel you need to hide it, that's more weakness than it is being real and honest with yourself and everyone around you and owning it. That's, that takes more strength. So what is it to be manly then? I, we're way fucking off the <laughs> I don't really give a shit. I just like, sometimes, I like exploring this shit sometimes. So what is it, what is it to be manly then? Because I, I, I got to be honest, before you start, I, I, I got to be honest, I'm a little bit meatheadish here because I'm like, I'm not a fan of the word toxic masculinity. No, yeah. I like, like, this is going to sound so fucking bad, but I like gender roles to a certain degree. Like, I like, I, a, man, I like a man to be a man, right? Like, I, I, I agree with you there too. And I think the whole toxic masculinity stuff is a bunch of bullshit. And I do try and envision like what a man is most of the time like just like being like the tough guy like if fucking something's going on it's or it's cold outside and my girlfriend doesn't want to go I'll be like fuck, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go out there in a t-shirt then you know <laughs> like like i still i obviously still do that kind of bullshit. okay okay good okay and there's still that realm of like being a, like a tough guy but it's also being to me the other side that makes it kind of complete is just being genuine and real and honest with yourself mm-hmm. you know if you're like acting tough because you're insecure and you're afraid of things and you're high it by being tough mm. that's one thing but if you're actually tough and you're fucking like being like i'm fucking you can be like doing something you're afraid of let's say like i'm fucking scared to do that but i'm gonna go fuck it up anyways instead of being like i'm not scared i'm gonna go do it but well, you are scared that difference mm. to me is kind of like you're just owning your own truth and you're still gonna fuck shit up well that's the definition of courage is when you're scared but you go anyway right yeah so um so then so then if we if we're going to put a, a a summary to it then being a man physically means you can still be the tough guy physically and i find it funny that you gave that they gave that analogy but it's a perfect analogy if you're you know your girl's cold you give her your fucking jacket you walk around a t-shirt that's a manly thing to do right yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's, but i think that would, i think that would be looked at wrong now though it'd be like why'd you why'd you do that now you, is she inferior to you like you know what i mean like nowadays it's like but not- that's but then that's the insecurity coming from women like that's are true. you are you really think you're insecure to take your you're insecure so help is going to make you weaker yeah. no if you need help and you accept it that also takes strength that's to true. admit when you need help so that woman's strong if she's like i'm cold like if she can be like do you need your sweater if you if you're fucking cold too then maybe not but <laughs> if, you're trying, if, if you can handle it and you want to yeah. help her asking for help then it's like an exchange of truth so basically what you're saying, whether it's a man or a woman, strength comes from just being real. Yeah. Hiding any emotion or hiding any feelings is actually, and that's actually, you know what? That's a really, really good point. I'm learning something from you today. <laughs> I'm learning something from myself. I've never put these words out there. <laughs> no, but it's actually, that's actually very, very true. Because if I think of it in my own life, well, like when I turned pro, I was like a really cocky fucking asshole uh, when I was younger, but it wasn't real. It was bullshit. It was because of my anxiety and trying to mask the lack of confidence or whatever it may be. 
And it wasn't until I started to get a little older into my late twenties, early thirties, where that kind of started to fade. And then it still rears its ugly head sometimes, but for the most part it's gone. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's weakness. That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That's weakness. That's, that's somebody just fucking not being as strong as they should be and trying to hide something that's there. Exactly. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like when I've seen some of your recent shit of like one of you were talking about how you had uh, gone to therapy sessions and shit mm-hmm. for your anxiety and competing mm-hmm. and all that shit. Yeah. I, me, still the young competitor, I, I have this mindset, obviously, I, have, I don't act in it perfectly all the time. I try, this is the stuff I'm like trying to imply, apply into my life. When you, I hear someone like you, who you're the fucking badass tough guy, Fuad, who mm. tears his fucking lat bicep quad and <laughs> still gets in the show, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then when I hear someone like him admitting he goes to therapy too, and it's like, yeah. that doesn't mean you're weak. Fucking everybody probably needs that. Yeah. You're the strong one because you did it. You took that step and you can talk about it. Yeah. So, and then that, for people like me, it's like, fuck I need that too, then I can do it too. And I can still be strong doing it. That, you know what, that was a, a really selfish thing I did back in the day, but it come, I guess it, come, it helps other people at the same time. I used to talk about my anxiety and people would be like, Oh, you know, it's so good that you talk about your anxiety, but I did it for myself. Now I don't do it for myself anymore. Cause now I'm like kind of old, but back in the day, like when I first started talking about it, I was probably in my late twenties, early thirties and it would help me. Like if I was having an anxiety attack, I would just literally tell somebody like me and you're at dinner because it would happen sometimes at restaurants and yeah. I would like, I'd start having an anxiety attack and you'd be like, what's wrong? I'm like, ah, my fucking anxiety's through the roof right now. And if I said it, it made it kind of easier to handle. So then I just kept talking about it and now, but then it changed from talking about it for myself because I started to get emails from people and DMs from people and shit. And they're like, I'm like, wow, this is actually helping like other people. So mm-hmm. But anyway, no, to put, a, to put a point on it, I just, I find it very interesting that what you said about weakness is when you hide shit, that's more weak than, so crying is okay. So I'm just going to cry from now on, on my podcast. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Hey, I haven't cried in like a year on YouTube and I feel like I've been missing out. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, I wanted to talk to you about your girlfriend. Yep. So I watch your podcast. Not all of it. Nobody watches it, all of anybody's podcast. So anyway. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> uh, Midoriya, like I watch Rogan's podcast, but I only watch like certain clips. Like I'm not. I don't even watch Rogan. So <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but um. So I saw you put out an episode, kind of talking about your breakup, which you cried in, which yep. is obviously acceptable because that's a. I mean, it's always acceptable, but that was understandable. So, but now I'm seeing that you guys are back together. So, do you want to talk about any of that? Like, and how that kind of went up and down and back. I can touch on stuff if you have questions. Yeah. We've been yeah. I don't want to like, you don't have to get it, open like, with it. Yeah. I don't have to get it like detailed. It's just like, so when did you guys, when did you guys, for those of you who don't know, your girlfriend's Courtney King. Yep. She is not the current Miss Bikini Olympia, but was Miss Bikini Olympia one year. I'm not sure what year it was. 2018. 2016. Yeah. So you guys are like the king and queen of the prom, basically. <laughs> <laughs> So what, um, okay. So how did you guys meet and how long were you together before you broke up? Met in 2018, right after that stressful Olympia of mine. Yeah. She'd kind of, I think she saw, 
some of my posts or maybe my video of me crying or something and was like, wow, this guy doesn't look like a typical meathead fucking douchebag. Yeah. He yeah. seems to have some like genuine substance to him. Yeah. She slid in my DMs, replying to some stories and shit, just like <laughs> calling my outfit swaggy and all this shit. And it's just like, I missed it for a while. Didn't reply for like a couple of weeks. And I think that kind of like she thought I was playing hard to get, but really I just didn't see it. Yeah. I'm pretty ecstatic to see Courtney King in my DMs when I didn't <laughs> yeah. see it. Yeah. And we just chatted a lot. We were talking on the phone a lot. She lives in the States and shit. So we'd have like, yeah. like I hate talking on the phone. Fucking. Yeah. Well, no, I don't talk on the phone, but we talk on the phone for like two hours a night, fucking keeping me up and shit. And it was just like, yeah. it was so easy. I'm a quiet yeah. person. She's extremely talkative and bubbly. And it was like a good kind of mix. End up flying her down to kind of come see me. We hung out for a while and it just like clicked. It felt so good. It was comfortable. And yeah. it kind of just rolled on from there. Yeah. And we were together for about a year and a half, I guess. And again, it was a lot, it was a lot of long distance traveling back and forth, always staying in someone's city. And then we both had some kind of like after that 2019 win. And then I had some like mental stress that was making me be a little more in my own head. She has a few kind of health issues that she was in her own head a little bit. She was kind of coming out of her as I was starting mine. And it was like, it was a lot going on. And it was right when quarantine was like beginning and it was just kind of like a culmination of all this shit was just like, now is not the right time. I didn't have the energy I felt like to invest in it. Maybe she didn't either. I can't like, I'm just going to speak for myself here really. And it was just, it kind of fell apart and we, need, yeah. we needed to take a break. It was, was the decision that we kind of came to. And it ended up being like the best thing ever. I think for both of us, it was a weird summer for me being like locked in the basement with Ian training for a while and yeah. fucking all this shit. And I was like, I didn't even want to compete at the Olympia. I did, but I like, wasn't ready. I was like, if the Olympia's in September, I'm going to look the same as last year. I was like, wow, like not feeling it. And then over that break and being alone with myself and kind of getting, understanding a lot of things after a while, it really changed my mindset a lot. And that's where a lot of this, like that mentality I talked about my autoimmune change really came through this quarantine sitting with myself from it. And also by the end of the summer, I was just like, we started to kind of like talk a little bit every now and then. And then I made that the podcast of the breakup where I feel like I may have gotten a little too comfortable and spilled a little too much information on there. Can I just say something before you go on? Yeah. The best, my favorite part of that podcast was, I think I can't remember. I'm going to paraphrase. I don't remember exactly what was said, but you're like, I don't want to make this too drawn out. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of info. And then it was like an hour later. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I know, I know, I know, I know. Like, I this know. Guy, I'm like, and it's funny because every like 10 minutes, you'd be like, uh, I don't think we should talk about it anymore. And then it just like kept going. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> and then I, I clicked back and I'm like, episode two is gone. I'm like, he must have got shit. <laughs> yeah it, it was honestly it was honestly like i was in my own head a lot i was like this is what how i feel like well like that being that stupid tough guy kind of denying my feelings even to myself and then when that came out it kind of like flipped my mind a little bit it made it me them see it in a different light and it made it more real why I was why like, why i don't know I, like I don't think you said anything. You didn't say anything bad in the in the in the podcast. Oh no, so not you, not 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 at all. Anything to do with that? I think it was yeah. more just like it being on the forefront, and okay. that conversation brought up some emotion and just made me really think about it a lot more. And I was like, "Fuck!" 
and it just couldn't get it off my mind. I couldn't get her off my mind. Yeah. And I was like, this, it just didn't, it all of a sudden like that didn't feel right. I was yeah. like, fuck, I miss this girl. Like she was like, meant so much to me. We like, everything was so good. We were at a difficult point in our lives, but like life gets difficult. Like I don't want to ruin this relationship because of that. Mm. And I ended up reaching out to her after that and kind of like talked back and forth. And then we ended up getting back together, talking for a while and found a way to get her into Canada yeah. with all this shit going on legally. Yeah. And she'd been back here and it was a little rebuilding. Obviously when you take some time apart like that, it's a lot of rebuilding, but without a doubt, I can say our relationship is way stronger than it was before. I'm a lot more like grateful and appreciative to her of, to have her in my life, mm-hmm. especially in this emotional time for me mm-hmm. as someone who's been through it with me the year before and kind of understands me someone who's, when I'm feeling stuff, I'm not the best at talking about stuff afterwards like this. I can be like, yeah, this is how I felt. But in those moments, it's not as easy. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it was, it's one of those things too, where it's like, I'm not like, oh, I can't believe we broke up. It was like, wow, that made us so much better for the long run. Yeah. I, uh, I related to my own marriage because I think something happens if you leave someone and then you guys end up back together because it's almost like, you're like, well, we must be meant for each other because we fucked off. Not like the kind of couples that like break up for a weekend and then they get back together every fucking two months. Like those are, yeah. just, those are just toxic relationships. Right. But I mean like yeah. me and summer broke up for a year mm-hmm. and then we got back together because, and it's almost like you're telling each other, like, look, we took time apart, but we still need to be here. Yeah. And it made us stronger too. And I think after we got back together, that's when we just took off. And then that was mm-hmm. it. That was kind of, you know, it's all in history now. Now we're married and everything's all good. But like, I think we needed that to get to where we are now. And did you ever have that like stubborn mindset where like, if you break, it's done forever? Did you ever feel like that? <laughs> no. And that's funny. I was kind of <laughs> stubborn. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. My sister would always say to me, <clears throat> she's very pragmatic. And she would always say, if it's hard now, it's only going to be even harder later because the, be- <laughs> because the beginning is supposed to be the easy part, right? Which kind of like makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, kind of. But, but I, don't, I kind of think of it in reverse. I'm yeah. like, to me, I'm like, if I make it through all the shit now, there's going to be nothing left to, to bother me later. You're prepared. Yeah, because I've gone through everything I already want to I have to go through. Like, exactly. We already been through the breakup. We already been through the shit. We already been through all the fights. Like, now we don't even fight. Now, if I'm a yeah. dick, she's like, I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you in the morning. And she just, she just, fuck, she just fucks yeah, yeah. off. Like, we don't sure. even. I, yeah, when you go through all that shit and you end up loving someone more at the end of it, then you're like, the future can't be worse, you know? What happens to me in my mind is, even if it's the worst blowout fight that we've ever had, I'm still like, I'm going to be here in the morning. So there's no point in making this any worse than it is. You know what I mean? Like, because you've been through so much, you know, you're not fucking going nowhere yeah you know what i mean whereas other people entertain like oh i'm gonna get a divorce i'm gonna get this i'm gonna leave but i, I don't even say those fucking things because i'm like it's been fucking 13 years it's it it's like i'm not going nowhere no matter how bad the fight is so yeah, yeah it's like i think when you go through stuff early on it just makes you stronger and stronger anyway in the later years because you you don't have to go through it again you were we already been there we already did that for sure it's, it's so, your make or break yeah 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 um is it more comfortable for you being with, and this, this may sound like a stupid question, but I'm not, I'm not Mr. Olympia, so I have to ask you. Is it more comfortable for you to be with somebody who was, you know, she was Miss Olympia than to be with just a regular girl? 
because I would imagine in your position, um, I would imagine that in your position, your DMs are fucking loaded with <laughs> women <laughs> messaging you and shit. So I'm like, it, but it's not just because whatever, if you're good looking or that, it's like, I know if I was in your shoes, part of me would be like, well, does that girl just want to be with me because of Mr. Olympia? I would think those thoughts. I don't know if those are arrogant to think, but I would think that kind of shit. Like, is she a groupie or is she real? So what my point is, is it easier to be with somebody like Courtney because she's obviously not a groupie because she's in the, you know what I mean? It's like a Hollywood actress dating a Hollywood actor. Yeah. They, they're already, do you know what I mean? They're already on the same level. They're not groupies. The, interesting. I definitely have that fear sometimes when people reach out to me. I'm like, they don't actually give a fuck. They just like, but I'm honestly, in my opinion, I, there was more time that I would think another influencer or competitor would reach out to me because of who I am. Yeah. Because outside of this whole fitness world, no one really gives a fuck about the fitness world. No. So if I'm talking to a normal person and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Mr. Olympia, they're going to be like, you go to the Olympics? Well, what, <laughs> what, what do you do? You know? Whereas, I don't like, want... <laughs> or if it's like another person who's in it, they're going to be like, well, he's at the top. So, like, that's to me, that's more likely that. that those, are, those are the kind of people I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like the girl you met at the grocery store. Okay. <laughs> she, she, doesn't, she doesn't know the fuck you are. I already know that. Like, nobody in the real world knows who we are. Yeah. Um, but you no, mean I'm more of like the. I'm, yeah, I'm talking about people that are in the sport, but they're not famous or they don't have a career, they don't have any influence, or they don't have any, you know, like that. The beginning fitness girl messages you. Like, to me, I would be like, is that girl messaging me because she likes me? Because she's read my posts, because she's heard me on YouTube, and she likes my personality, or is she like me because of all those things? Plus, I'm Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Right. It definitely has crossed my mind with people. And for that kind of reason, I always told myself I wasn't going to get in a relationship with like a competitor or someone yeah. in this realm at all. I said that, but like she, to me, is just so much different than anyone I've ever met in the industry. Well, like, I, it's an, an anomaly. And when we started talking, it just like, it felt so different than anyone I'd ever come in contact with that. It was just like felt good. And it wasn't because she was Miss Olympia and she understood it was just, the person she was yeah i guess i guess what i was trying to say was because she's been at that level those thoughts might have not gone through your head like they would have with somebody who was not at that level uh, yeah maybe you know what i mean I, I never i never really thought of that but it didn't because it didn't come through my mind so maybe that's why that's yeah. what i mean like maybe yeah yeah anyway um so i want to talk about work and business and how successful you've been at that because i remember talking to you you guest posed at my show with Ian like four or five years ago now. Mm -hmm. And was that long ago, I think it was 2017 or 2018. Maybe, maybe I'm just old and it feels that long ago. I don't remember, but <laughs> that's yeah. I mm -hmm. think it was, I think it was 2017. Cause I don't, I, I know you were, or it might've been the year you were second. It might've been 2018. I think it was 2017 before I came second. Yeah. Okay. Stop guest posing after I got sick yeah. in 2018. Why'd you stop guest posing? I just felt like it was extra stress on my body and I felt like I had to look good on stage. I didn't want to push my yeah, yeah, yeah. diet or anything for a couple grand and sitting yeah. on stage. I wanted to be good on for the Olympia. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so you guest posed for me. I remember talking to you backstage. I'm not going to name any names, but you had a sponsor at the time. And I'm like, what was your contract for? And you told me, and I'm like, you're going to be, I think you were already second at the Olympia. Because I remember thinking to myself, that's not enough money for him. <laughs> Like, I, I definitely wasn't second because I remember this was when I had one Pittsburgh Pro 
and then your your mm. show was the next weekend, and the next That's weekend right. was Toronto Pro that I was competing at. But I think it was because you won the pro the Pittsburgh was it Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think it's because you won the pro show, and I could see the writing on the wall. I'm like, so when you told me, I'm like, that's not enough. I'm like, there's no way. So basically, my question is, there's a lot of young guys coming up. They don't know what to do. None of them, most of them, are not going to be thrown into contracts and superstardom right away. But how did you navigate companies throwing themselves at you? Because I'm assuming they did after that first pro win, especially. Again, and how did you how did you know like did somebody come to you and say this is not a good contract you need to be over here because these people are offering you what you're worth or did or did you just figure that all out kind of on your own i did a little bit in that company i was with one of the employees is now my one of my best friends business partner kind of x slash manager matt thompson okay and he understood the ins and outs of the industry he's was the person signing athletes and shit. And he was kind of at one point, he's like, you need to get out of here and like get somewhere else. And yeah. having him in my corner helped a lot for sure. And I guess it was when I was in a contract, I didn't look outside for other things. Yeah. And then when it was coming to an end, that's when I started to look at like, Oh, big companies like Gat are talking to me. Gat was big back then or like, yeah. yeah. I can't even remember like a couple of random, like big ones were. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like fuck yeah. Go with these. And then all of a sudden this, it's a specific, but the story has a purpose. Yeah. This small company from Canada reached out to me that I had heard of, but not so much because they're not in any stores or anything. So I, like, they sent me some product and they, the whole team called me. We had a little chat and it was just like a couple of boys from Newfoundland, Canada, just yeah. chilling and chatting me about their goals for the company, how they got started and just like, just kind of shooting the shit and just felt right. Yeah. The first company I was with this big corporate, big office and all these people who didn't give a shit about fitness yeah. or anything. They just were stuck in the nineties and like all this random stuff. And it was just, I was kind of like, just there like fucking rolling my eyes. you saying yes to do whatever you want. But like this company felt like young, they give a fuck about me as a person. They were Canadian, which I thought was cool as fuck. Yeah. And it was more of that like family friend feeling as opposed yeah. to just the big corporate company. And that's just, to me, that just sat with me a lot, right? Especially from my roots of yeah. sticking close to home and family and everything. Yeah. It felt right. So when my contract was up, I, I signed with them with Jack Factory. I'm still with them now. And it's been fucking awesome. I didn't know, I had, I didn't know they were Canadian. They're, they're most of the in the States because they're an online yeah. base, mainly through Amazon and shit like that. Yeah. But they're fucking like, they're, I, I was right in my reading of them. They're so chill. Yeah. They have like some guidelines they want me to follow. If I miss it, they're like, ah, make up for it when you can kind of shit. Like we have a a good understanding. They're making my own line of supplements with me alongside them. Like a a C-Bum signature series. And it was that whole just like, and they're smaller too. And it was just that feeling that it felt right, that it matched my personality and the, the people behind it were like, gave a fuck about me and kind of felt more chill than just like a bunch of bullshit guys with suits trying to make some money yeah yeah it, i think people underestimate that how much that matters yeah because people just think well go for the big check but like i don't know man when you're with a company for two three four five years especially i mean you're still fucking young you might be with them for 15 years who knows especially if they're coming out with your own line yeah so i think the relationship matters more so than the check sometimes for sure like i'm talking to a guy right now uh that i'm thinking about bringing on to hostile and he's like I make good money. I'm happy with the company I'm with, but your shit resonates with who I am. Like our style, right? 
your brand yeah our brand and plus he's like we're friends so he's like yeah. plus you know we're friends so we can talk about products we can talk about marketing we can talk about like he wants to be involved right and i think that's a big deal so i mean some people might look at that and think well he's too worried about the relationship he should go for the money but i think that's a great decision on your part for sure yeah no and like the money's still pretty good <laughs> i can't go no, well, yeah but yeah. There, there, there was like a like a ceiling at one point where i didn't give a fuck if it was more money or not it was already <laughs> it was already more than i needed so what am i going to enjoy the most and what what's going to make a big thing also is what makes me feel authentic and what i can put on social media yeah if it's a brand like look at how they're athletes and how they are told to promote and shit if it's just constant like shitty graphic yeah. ads of a protein bottle and they want you to post six of those a month and your followers are just gonna get pissed off that your feed's fucking just annoying them like yeah. that's a bunch of bullshit no one wants to see that shit yeah but if it's one where like okay you can like incorporate it into your stories put it in videos like whenever you use it just yeah. document it not yeah. don't push it too hard that's yeah. like a big thing going forward and building a trust with like your followers and community online where yeah. people don't feel like you're just shoving bullshit down the throat because you were told to do it yeah. versus because you're just taking it and sharing it so aside along with the sub this is one of the main things i've uh that is is amazing about what you're doing with your work is it's not just supplements you have branched out to clothing you are sponsored by like a boot company a clothing uh, watch company you are doing youtube like this is what i mean when i say who's helping you manage this stuff is this are these people just coming to you and you're like yes 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 or is somebody out there reaching out to these people and saying look who i got you know let's do something together so, some of them are are just me kind of saying yes some of them are also like if i see something i like online at this point i'll reach out <laughs> you know like well, be- give me give me give me one that you did that with uh the boots the boots the boots and yeah. like it was just one post and i got a free pair of winter boots it was cold in the winter and i went online their boots were like 200 bucks i was like all right let's see if i could just ask for get a, a free pair. pair of boots you know and it was but it was because i actually liked the boots yeah you know they weren't some like ugly ass boots i was like i want to buy them but let's see if i can get them for free yeah and so i kind of did that whereas i've had had a lot of other companies reach out to me like fucking teeth whitening i've, yeah. I've had the classic tees yeah. I've had a bunch of like random band companies like saying you don't need a gym, you can use these bands, like all this kind of shit. And I just yeah. say no to them yeah. because to me it's a bunch of bullshit. And the more I share and try and sell a bunch of bullshit, the less people are going to believe the actual authentic shit that I do yeah. use. Yeah. Do you enjoy YouTube? Because I've, I've watched some of your blogs. You're actually really good at it. Does, do you do that all yourself? Or does somebody edit and cut and everything for you? It's a bit of combo. If you ever it doesn't look that fancy or you see me holding the camera. That's, that's all me filming and editing and Those cutting are good. all that shit. Those are good though. Those are good. And, like, and the beauty of it is that like the, the community around my YouTube loves really raw shit. Yeah. They're like, don't put music over. Don't yeah. cut, don't transition. Just like, let's see your workout. Let's see your day. Like where I'm standing there watching and that's it. Yeah. It's easy for me. Yeah. But some leading up to the Olympia last year, I had a good friend of mine, Calvin, who's uh, from the West coast, Canada. Okay. He's a really good photographer photographer videographer he documented my series and made it like kind of like a little more cool and like fancy and got a lot more behind the scenes shit yeah. and i want to be doing that again this year so that's a few months a year i get him but most of it's on my own was youtube a thing you did to increase your visibility money or just for your fans or like what what was the purpose because you were doing well already and then all of a sudden your youtube channel came out and it was a whole other thing so what was the reasoning behind it like what made you want to start the youtube channel 
I guess I just, I like, I kind of wanted to share more. I, okay. I, I kind of showed my personality a little bit on Instagram and I feel like people really appreciated it. And it was a little different than some of the other guys in the industry. And people like, liked seeing that and people, yeah. I could relate to a lot of people and the people I could relate to, I kind of wanted to share more with and put more out there. And it's, it's just a good platform to just kind of share whatever the fuck you want. You know, yeah. you're really just documenting your life. It's not that it is, it's a pain in the ass to film sometimes, but it's, it felt really real to me. A lot of times on Instagram, sometimes you do have to post shit you don't want, or you have to try and think of a post where YouTube is, I can just be myself, do my day to day shit. And I, I still to this day, and it was way worse at the beginning. Every time I film a video and I finish editing it, I'm like, this is a piece of shit. No one's going to watch this. <laughs> oh this God. is so fucking boring. Like, what am I even doing putting this online? And I put up and people like, this video is so sick. I'm like, okay, all right, I guess. Like, Dude, makes sense. it's exactly, I think, I don't know if it's a bodybuilder thing or just certain people, but I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Every time I do anything, like we'll get done this interview and I'll be like, that interview is shit. That sucks. <laughs> Chris is a horrible fucking guy. No, 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 not you. <laughs> not you. Not you. Like, it's not ever the guest. It's not ever the guest. It's if, if I do, a, if I, same thing, man, if I do a vlog, if I do a podcast, I'm like, oh, that's going to suck. And yeah. then, and then people write nice shit. And you're like, okay, I guess it didn't suck. I guess it didn't. I'll do another one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, okay. Well, I, I don't want to keep you too long. It's been over an hour, but I do want to, I do want to go back to the Olympia real quick. So a couple things I want to know, and there's so much more I want to talk to you about, man, because I find you pretty fascinating because you're very different than everybody else. You're a very positive person, which I find refreshing because you never seem to get into the shit, in the mud with people. You just always seem to kind of <laughs> rise above it. It's weird because there's only one other person I know like that, and that's, e that's uh, Evan. Evan does, a, yeah, Evan, does a yeah. very, Evan does a very good job of – I never, ever see Evan argue with people or if anything, he just on the fuck off and he moves on. But, like, he just kind of always above the fray. So – but I have seen people trying to pick fights with you. <laughs> so recently, Mr. Logan Franklin has been very, oh, vo yeah. very vocal. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So you seem like a pretty chill guy, and you have this, like, pit bull or chihuahua, whatever you want to describe him as, coming at you all day or, you know, during the week or whenever you want to say. Does that get to you? Does it bother you? Do you not give a shit? Do you find it funny? Like, what is the emotion when that kind of, like, are you like, that's not me, man. Don't fuck with me. Like, just, let's just do the show. Like, what is your attitude towards that kind of shit? I, f I definitely find it funny. <laughs> Every time I'll, like, be on my phone, I'm like, Logan Franklin, comment on your post. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> like, just, kind of, just, like, ready for whatever the fuck is coming in. Or whether it's Breon or fucking anyone. Yeah. Like, every year, there's always kind of someone new who people are saying is, like, the guy, like, nipping at your heels. And mm -hmm. at this point, once there's been four or five, and you're just kind of like, all right, like, maybe it's one person will be. But, like, if I'm going to think about it every time, like, fuck it. Who cares? Like, but I don't know. It's something that's... I've never allowed, I'm not even allowed myself. I've just never really been bothered by people trying to like poke fun or get a rise out of me. Cause yeah. I know they're trying to get a rise out of me. Yeah. And like some, I've, I saw posts the other day or Logan commented on my shit the other day. And I, I replied back once, yeah. like whatever helps you sleep at night or something like that. Yeah. And then I just left it. And then there were the feed of 140 <laughs> comments. I read it. Ian was in there. Logan was in there. <laughs> the fans were just tearing Logan apart and Logan was like, it's a joke guys. Relax. Like kind of fighting back. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, 
I got to you, they got to you, I'm in your head, you're stressed out, you wish you didn't comment, and then next thing I know, the comment's been deleted. And I'm like, someone's in their head right now. And to me, that's, that's good for me as a competitor when other people are in their own head. So I'm like, yeah. you just fucked your own shit up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then some people, yeah. someone reposted all that kind of shit. Someone was like, wow, Chris can't even defend himself, like blah, blah. And when I see people like that, I'm like, that's so sad that you think that like, because I don't waste my energy yeah. defending myself from something that doesn't matter at all that you think I'm not defending myself. And it's like a weak thing. It's like, I just yeah. don't need to. You just don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't I, matter. I piss myself laughing. Cause I'm like, I re I read it like buys and tries, I think reposted it. Yeah. And they reposted all the slides. <laughs> so, so I see his post and I see your post and then all I see is Ian. <laughs> so fucking crazy. <laughs> Ian in the comment section is an animal. <laughs> He's just fucking ruthless, man. He's yeah. like, yeah. So I had him on the podcast. We were talking about it. And he's fucking laughing. He's like, that fucking guy won't even be first call. And he's still going off. And I'm like, dude, just calm down a little bit. So you have Logan, if you think about it, I didn't know who Logan was like before he started rip, like trying to rip into you. So yeah. if, if you think of it that way, he's done himself a he's, service. Oh, and I say this all the time. He's smart. Yeah. Like he's get he's bringing the attention on him. And like, let's be honest, the Olympia likes that too a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. he's just this new guy coming in and he could have been like the, no, he could have been like me in my first year, the guy who came in and no one knew who the fuck I was. But now the eyes are all on him. There's a lot of attention on him. Yeah. You're like this guy really thinks he can be Chris or talking about him, whether it's good or bad. Like, like old saying, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Do you I think guess. that kind of, do you think that kind of thing would factor into judges' opinions? Sublimit, not subconsciously, not consciously, but like, do you think they're going to look for him more because he's stirred up this controversy? It's, t I think within limits. So yeah. if he looks like he should be 10th, then he's just going to be second or third call out. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. But if he makes first call out and he's probably fifth or he's going to be on the outsides, that might make them want to put him beside me just for the fun just of it. Because, even. yeah. Just yeah. to get the pictures, to get the comments, a little bit of a rise. And yeah. even that, like, it's his first year in classic going forward. That's still good just yeah. to be compared in that first year and yeah. then be put back out and shit. That's still good for him. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's kind of a part of the strategy of this, you yeah. know, is getting seen, getting noticed and going with it. Yeah. So the Logan thing seems more funny and playful, but the thing with Breon seems more serious and there's kind of a shittiness to it. But is that in my head as a viewer watching from the outside in, or are you guys actually like conflicted? Like, are you and Breon friends? Are you not friends? Are you like, is there like a turmoil between you? Like, I don't think this is hard. I didn't really think there was a turmoil and I started to hear and see some shit and I thought maybe there was, and it's, it's difficult. Breon's a competitive athlete. He was the best in the world and he lost it. And he has every right to be pissed off. You know, if yeah. I lost to someone this year, I'd be pretty fucking pissed off too. I'm not sure I'd act in the same way and say it out loud, but I'd feel it at least. And I, I, I think, when you love something so hard and someone such as myself comes and takes away with you, you're not going to like that person. You're just, you're not. Yeah, yeah. And he said a few things that were kind of like passing on blame and saying my weaknesses instead of his weaknesses and shit like that. And I've said this before in an interview too, to me, it just kind of feels like he's passing on the, the blame or the responsibility from himself. Yeah. Whereas like when he's, whenever he says anything, I was like, well, yeah, your back's way fucking better than mine. But if I can bring mine up, then you don't stand a chance, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. like, just kind of the way that I, that I look at it personally. But there's a little, a little more seriousness with Breon. 
Yeah. Obviously, he'd beaten me before, so that it's there's a quite, good rivalry there. Yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's definitely more of a rivalry than yeah. Logan just trying to have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we'll we'll wrap it up with this last question. What is who is your main competition other than Breon? Like, who are you looking at? Who are you recognizing? Like, do you watch all the shows like throughout the year, or you kind of keep yourself away from it? I honestly don't a whole lot, and I don't do it to keep myself away from it. I just you really, I, don't, I, you really don't like. I watch I, I watch Open a lot more to be honest. Really? Yeah, I figured more as so Mr. because Ian's competing against yeah. people and shit. I'm like, all right, let's see, like that kind of shit. But, I figured as Mr. Olympia, you'd want to see kind of who the competition is, what they're doing, what they look like. You just don't care. This year, for the first time in my life, I believe if I'm the best version of myself or any better than last year, no one stands a chance. That's good. Like that's yeah. like my my literal mindset. Yeah. And how do you get? I know I said it was the last question, but I have more questions. <laughs> how, do, how do you get better when you can't put on any size? Just well, more, de- more detail, more like I don't because you have a weight limit. So I'm like, how, like how does how does a classic guy get better? I mean, my opinion, I, I can always be leaner. And last year, I ended up, my weight ended up dropping five pounds randomly one day in peak week. And I was like 225, 226 at one point. Yeah. So I was like, that's four to five pounds of muscle I can put on. Yeah. And I've also was hiding in at six one. I've been hiding in four or five times in my career. And half and half, I've been six foot and seven eighths and just over six one. Yeah. If I'm over six one, I can be 240. That's an extra. 14 pounds i can put on holy shit I but if that. i'm under i have to be under 230 yeah so it's like that one inch is 10 pounds is a big difference so, so i gotta fucking crack my back a whole lot and figure out the next couple this convert. year I, I think that five pounds is like the most i did put on and yeah. that's going to be the change i need but going forward if i can hide in this year at six one i'll technically be 10 pounds under my limit have so. you have you gotten an inversion table I haven't yet. Oh, dude! I'm, see, I'm helping. This is this is going to be the key to your success. There you and, go. And, and I want the credit. No, you got to get you got to get an inversion table. The ones that you hang up, you hang upside down. I've heard of it. I've heard of some bad things too, but maybe if you if you do it too long, it's bad if you like. I don't go all the way upside down. No, you just oh, going like, I, I have it set like here, and I only do for ten minutes a day. Okay, yeah. But I bet you it'll stretch you out that one inch, and then you Probably. can have you can have room to grow. Is it hard loving to lift and not being able to like go crazy? Like, do you want to bulk up? Like, do you feel like you want to bulk up or you don't care? I mean, I still train balls to the wall as hard as I can. Yeah. I push food maybe a little bit less for a little bit less length of time. Right. Like most year I'll say a little lean and then I'll have kind of a bigger push near the end of my off season, but I'm always training as hard as I can. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather eat nothing and train hard than train like not hard and eat, yeah. you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I also, it's allowed me to take less and less drugs over the years. Yeah. Having a weight limit and yeah. my health issues in which has helped me a lot. I can like pull stuff out and do less and just like end up looking the same or a little bit better. Cause I'm putting more emphasis on my food and training than yeah. that, that side of it. So I, I, I'm still at an age right now where I'm still growing and playing with it all. Maybe by the, in a couple of years, I'll be at that limit and be just, stuck and yeah. trying to move weight around whether putting my back less off my legs whatever yeah. but right now i'm still just focusing on growing overall yeah all right i'm not going to keep any longer but you have to do me a favor and come back again because we didn't touch on any bodybuilding shit 
Talk about what it meant to be a man. And so the purest, the purest out there are going to be like, you fucking assholes didn't talk about carbs or protein or anything. So, so maybe. That's, that's, that's a good thing for me, though, because the last year, my bodybuilding has like fucking skyrocketed. Yeah. And I haven't learned much new about bodybuilding. Yeah. I've learned a lot more about myself. Yeah, I know. It, it changed a lot. So like something to learn from this, too. That's what, listen, that's what I want to know about. And there's a lot of people out there that like these types of discussions, but there are a lot of people that want to know how Chris stays lean, how Chris fucking stays lean and squats five plates, how the fuck he deadlifts 600 pounds, like all the technical X's and O's shit. So if you have time after the Olympia or whenever you want, I'd like, if you, if you don't mind coming back for an hour, we can shoot the shit about some of the X's and O's stuff. For sure. I mean, fuck COVID prep right now. I'm chilling around until I train later in the day, so. Just let me know. Or maybe we can get you back for a bodybuilding of bollocks with Ian and we can just talk nonsense for a fucking hour straight about like, there you go. But I'm sure you have some good stories to share. But anyway, um, okay. I'm going to let you go, dude. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of stuff to do. I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, I'll get this up soon. Hopefully everybody loves it. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. Good luck at the O if I don't talk to you. And uh, thanks again. Appreciate it, man. All right, brother.